This is FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and WGNSRadio.com. Rutherford County's Place to Talk. Stand by, Rutherford County. The WGNS Action Line continues a search for truth. Right now that time, 8-12, you're tuned in to WGNS on this Wednesday morning. Murfreesboro Mayor Shane McFarland in studio with us this morning. How are you? Morning, Scott. Good to be here. Well, the U.S. Census is uh, one of those, I guess, things that's making news right now because I think this is one of their last weeks to be out and about. And I guess this is the week they started going to homes, too. Yep. Started knocking on doors. Um, We tell people this is not for, you know, as a city for us to track where you live. It's it's (laughs) always based upon, you know, accurate numbers to be able for um, to be able to get federal and state funding. That's what it, it all boils down to. Now, I've heard some different numbers, but it, it looks like around 22 or so, 22 million or so dollars could be coming in if our population count is properly counted. That's I, I, I don't think that's all to the city. That's to the overall county. But, yeah, it's a uh, I don't know the exact number. It's a it's a big number, and, you know, because a lot of that also base um, your your education funding is all based on that. So that's a that's a big number coming coming through. You know, I think as far as education goes, the schools are going to need all the help they can get, especially come next year with funding, because we're seeing so many, so many students who are going to be distant learners this year and not in the classroom. So that's going to probably, that's going to do a lot for the schools yeah, as I think, far what, as negativity. What was it, 19,000 in the county? Well, now it's up to 20,000. 20,000, okay. Yeah. yeah, and, and you know, that's the thing you really have to look at. Um, you know, the CDC came out. You know, stating that it definitely was better for kids to be in school, but at the same time, you want to make sure, and that's what the issue is, is, you know, when you start talking about rural broadband uh, for some of our students who live in rural areas and they don't have internet access, uh, computer access, so those are some of the things I, I think that, you know, it's different as a city because most of the people live in the city. It's definitely more of a dense population, and we do have internet access and um, some of the things, but, you know, when you start for instance, looking at, you know, Reedyville, Milton, areas in Las Casas, um, you know, northern Rutherford County, there's areas that you know, they just don't have Internet access. At, or let me rephrase that. They don't have broadband or Internet access that's fast enough to be able to do the things you need to do. Well, you know, I was thinking with all these kids being home, the county schools are, and I guess the city schools are doing something similar, but they're, they're giving out, you know, Chromebooks or laptops or mm-hmm. something along those lines to those who, who need that to do school at home. So they're spending a lot of money. So I, you know, that's why this census, it's going to help out. I'm sure a lot of things, but hopefully that with education, education, transportation. I mean, there's a lot of funding that comes through community block development grants through the federal government, um, law enforcement. A lot of those things are all based upon, you know, your, your census data. Now we've heard a lot of talks nationwide about how road improvement projects have kind of gotten i don't know a kickstart because everybody's been at home for the first half of COVID 19 the the first half of the pandemic so it's allowed people to work on the roads better is that is that true here too yes and no i mean i think it um you know in the early stages of covid you did see traffic was substantially down i, I mean now i don't see much of a difference in traffic citywide you know but as a city there are a lot of the road projects that we really uh, you know, we were continuing with projects that are already funded and that were in process, but we put a hold to projects that had not started because we really wanted to see, 
you know, after the first six months of our budget that we passed in in um, July 1st, we really wanted to be able to see where we are, you know, where sales tax collections. We're not borrowing any money this year. And that was all on trying to be, you know, conservative on, on our estimates and, and, you know, see where we are on everything. So in looking at the census, do you think, I mean, you got a better grip on it, I'm sure, as far as how much our population has actually grown. I mean, do you think we're going to see that big of a jump in the population count? Well, you know, we did a special census a couple of years ago, and that number came back at about, if I remember correctly, it was about 135, 140,000 people. Um, we had a tough time with that special census on getting responses. I, I mean, if I had to guess, I would say our population is probably closer to 160,000 than it is, you know, 150,000. If if I had to guess, um, but it'll be it'll be interesting to see where we are when that that comes across. I think it's going to be even tougher this go around, even though this isn't like a specially called census the city is doing. I mean, I understand it's a federal U.S. census. I think it's going to be tougher because of COVID-19. Oh, yeah. Well, yes and no. I mean, I, I think people are, you know, before pre-COVID, people were extremely busy and it was hard to track um, and get people to respond back on, you know, the websites and those different things. So I'm, you know, I'm hoping that um, that, you know, as we've all slowed down a little bit, that people will, will respond a little better than we have in the past. At least that's my, my hope. Now, one of the things that you have said before on the air is how many new trash cans go out every <laughs> single week, every single yeah. month. Is that a pretty good predictor? It's a pretty good indicator. Um, you know, we're, we're up to about 40, almost 45,000 trash cans that we have out in the city that we pick up on a weekly basis. So that gives you you know, a good, a good uh, idea, but we, you know, we don't pick up uh, multifamily complexes. We don't pick up townhomes. There's, there's, so it doesn't give you a true picture, but it does give you a picture on single family homes and, and some facilities on, um, on how many are out there. So, I mean, you know, if you on average just said three people per household, um, that's 135,000 just, you know, right there. Yeah. Uh, and that doesn't include multifamily and some of those things, but I, you know, there's some households that only have one person. So I, you know, I don't know what that number is, but I know we pick up a lot of trash on a, on a weekly basis. So outside of the U S census, what else is going on in Murphy's bro? You know, we've, we've had a lot of different discussions that, uh, have taken place. Of course, we had an election, uh, last, last week. So we're, um, you know, getting ready for council appointments and those things. Um, so we've got today, we've got a, a public, um, meeting today where we're having our workshop over at the police headquarters and so we're we're talking about several different things doing our, our dashboard for the month of july showing you know how collections and some of those things i think or excuse me i think it was for june we we end up running 60 days behind but you know there's a lot of things happening inside the city we've um working on emergency service response we're working on um you know community policing still working on those things got road projects that we're planning, lots of development that uh, is continuing to come to the city. So, you know, all those things we, uh, even though COVID has stopped a lot of things, we're still trying to do our best to make sure that we, you know, we keep up with everything. Murfreesboro Mayor Shane McFarland in studio with us this morning. I know we've heard a lot from Rutherford County Mayor Bill Ketron on the whole issue of ambulance service mm -hmm. and providing, you know, the ambulance service in Murfreesboro. And I guess right now Rutherford County is over that. What What is happening with the idea of the city having their own ambulance service? Well, I think, you know, over the past really five or six years, this is, I call PK, pre-Ketron. Uh, so, you know, Mayor Ketron and I have worked um, 
well on i mean we've been able to partner on several different things and mayor ketron has been really good to work with it's like any family there's there are things that you know we see things from a city standpoint where it's definitely a more dense population i mean there are things that the municipal mayors deal with that um, the county just doesn't doesn't deal with i mean you know city of murfreesboro for example we're the only municipality that picks up trash um so you know when we're talking about service delivery on trash and brush pickup um those things are are things that we have been dealing with for years and so you know over the last six years as the uh, the ambulance service uh, and really when you look at our fire and rescue department our fire and rescue department over the last 18 years and, and this is more of a national trend um, they have transitioned more to first uh, first response so you know 96 percent or 97 percent of our calls that we get are all first response calls they're not fire calls so the council 18 years ago made the decision that we would offer the service called BLS, which is basic life services. So when, an, when an, um, a call comes, the 13 stations that are inside the city, um, someone will, you know, typically a fire truck will, will show up and there's a paramedic or an EMT that are on board. So it's five years ago, um, that transition to where we started offering ALS, which is advanced life services. So that means that you're, um, firefighter and i don't necessarily like to call them firefighters anymore they're first responders because uh, they are doing you know more first response than they are doing uh, firefighting but they can provide you know ivs medication and and those things um so with that there's been opportunities that um that we've worked f through to be able to see how that we improve that service inside the city and that's what we're we're really working on through the ambulance service uh, in that discussion, you know, now. Now, I, I guess each step up that the city goes as far as the service level they provide for those who are in car accidents or maybe at home they fell, but every step up you go, I guess it's going to cost the city more and tax dollars would have to cover that cost. Not right? necessarily. Um, you know, I think we've, this is just my opinion. So I'm, I'm not saying this towards the ambulance service. I'm saying this overall as a city there are things that you're better off partnering with the private sector to be able to handle things just because one they're more nimble two politics doesn't come into play um you know government government as a whole and governmental employees as a whole don't like change um you know in in my case you know in the private in the small business case where like you are we don't have the option to say well we're just going to let somebody retire out i mean you know when we have to make decisions every day we have to make those fairly quick and you know un unfortunately and and this has changed somewhat at the city we don't make decisions very quick and you know we have to have a committee and then the committee talks about it and um you, you know we go through those things so i think whenever we can partner with the the private sector that's that's a good thing and whenever you partner with the private se sector and um and I, again i've not seen these proposals that have come across but if, if and then i said this publicly the other day um i think our number one goal is to find a way that we can improve patient care um and, and anyone who says that you know patient care is where it needs to be we always can improve i mean there, it, we can always improve how we pick up trash we can always improve how we have first response so 
this is not anything to you know Rutherford County EMS because I think um, overall we have a really good service. But I, I mean, I think we do have to look at if you have an outside service that comes in and you know, say it's a for example a St. Thomas who's been in our community for years and years and years, and they say, hey, we want to provide this service and it's going to be zero cost to the taxpayer. Well, that's a discussion I think we have to have overall with the city and the county that if you can save money as a county and continue to have good patient care, that's something you have to look at. What would be done in situations where somebody is transported to the hospital, they have no income, they have no ability to pay the bill? What would happen in those cases? Because I think in the county, in those types of cases, it's eventually written off or... I guess taxpayers absorb that. Yeah, that's a different discussion. I mean, we, you know, I didn't know that until we started going through this process. Um, that's a different discussion on writing off people who don't or can't pay their bill. Um, you know, St. Thomas right now and even Vanderbilt uh, are not-for-profit hospitals, so they write off a lot of their their services already. Um, you know, the county, I think the number is eight or $900,000 a year. I don't, I don't know. So, I mean... I've been working with Chris Clark, who's doing a great job at, at what he does. He's the the uh, emergency services director inside the the city, the EMA director uh, for the county. But I mean, I think that's a different discussion. That you know, if if as a county resident and a city resident, that we are subsidizing people who aren't paying their bills, that's a that's a different discussion. That um, you really need to put that separate of of patient care inside the city because you know that that gets into um as a county you know are we using taxpayer dollars to run a service that you know people don't pay their bill or can't pay their bill and you know that's not necessarily what we do as a city or a county but that's definitely something that you want to make sure to have the discussion that you know patient care or the groups that do come in still can provide that service. Now, I do think if you talk to St. Thomas and you go out to the emergency room, there's a lot of people who don't have insurance that they still serve inside that that um, that hospital. Now, as a organization, they're better equipped to do that than we are as a, as a city or a county. I mean, so if you can imagine, say that you have to write off $2 million in one year on uncollected debt. Well, there's only one way that that gets paid for, and that's taxes. Um, so... That's a different discussion. As a as a nonprofit like a hospital, they can write that off, and that goes to their bottom line. You know, as a city and a county, we don't have a bottom line. I mean, we don't operate to say, "Look, we're going to make uh, a profit." So that, that those are different discussions. And I guess for a private ambulance service, the goal would be that those out there who use the service, their insurance would hopefully not only cover their costs, but you know, by the end of the year, it would cover the cost of anything they would be upside down. Yeah, I mean that's already how the county operates on the billing side you know medicare medicaid those are set numbers so you know it doesn't matter if the if the provider bills you for just an example if a provider bills you for you know ten thousand dollars for a procedure medicare medicaid is already set to say this is what that procedure is paid it doesn't matter what you what you bill so those things go into the the billing side which um you know i I, again I'm not involved in how the county does that, but um, I think whenever that we can partner with the private sector who, I mean, this is nothing against the governmental side, 
you and I both are in the private sector because I'm a part. It's a, this mine is a part time job. The private sector can do things better than um, the public sector. I mean, they just they can. Um, so you know, my goal is if you've got something in the private sector that doesn't cost the taxpayer any more money, but yet it shifts liability off of the city, and that that helps our budget. Um, those are things I think we have to look at, and that's not just in you know, Rutherford County EMS, uh, I mean, you look at where we are building roads. I mean, the city does not have crews where we build large roads. The private sector does that. And um, because the private sector does a better job doing that than us, if we were to, to be building building roads. So we oversee that. Um, but there, there are things that, you know, we, we want to look at. Do you foresee the city partnering with more, I guess, private companies in the future, maybe in the landlord business, the city becoming more of a tenant? Because I know you've talked about that a little bit yeah. before, but is that something we're going to see more of in the future? Well, I think any um, yes and no. I mean, I think there are assets that we have that we we can't um, dispose of, and, you know, and, and we're not going to have someone who's going to, for example, someone on the private sector who's going to build a police headquarters. I mean, they're just, they're not going to do that. But I do think if there's ways where, you look at what, you know, for example, AT&T and Comcast, they don't go out and build standalone buildings anymore. They lease end caps inside of um, inside of shopping centers or, you know, so for example, if we've got the library, you know, if we're wanting to go out and expand the library, I think it makes sense to look at where you may have um, a shopping center. A, a good example would be maybe like where roses used to be on Mercury Boulevard. I mean, does it make sense to look where you can go in and put um, things in buildings that are are vacant and let someone else maintain it? And and I think that is also we've talked about this as a council, as a city. It's it's we have to do a better job on maintaining things. Now, when you have a landlord, that's that landlord's asset, and they want that maintained, and they maintain it. So I think you know that's a yes and no. Uh, I think there are instances where, you know, we've done that. Before. When we were building the police headquarters, our detectives were located on Rutherford Boulevard, and we leased property to, to do that. Now, does it make sense as we go through to build a new water resources customer services center when, you know, we're now as a society getting to where you don't need to come in to pay your bills? Now, there are people who always want to come in and pay their bills, but, you know, I think those are things that we, we look at. You know, we saw something similar to this in uh, the Memphis area in Shelby County back around 96, 97 or so. And then uh, Shelby County was putting like like the county clerk's office in what used to be the Mall of Memphis. And then you would have a place to get a, you know, yeah. your drivers all inside the mall, but it, it didn't work out there. But Memphis had their own set of issues back then with crime. And that eventually, I guess, fell through. But do you think we're going to see something like that here where we're seeing you know, county offices or city offices locate actually inside retail space? I mean, you never say never. I mean, the county, we, the, the city gave the county uh, land out on the corner of Fortress and Blaze Drive for a dollar to build a new um, county clerk's annex and also, you know, hopefully have a, a new DMV, which we desperately need. You know, the state handles that, but you know, I think there's going to be ways that we can partner together, um, and, and it may not make sense for the city to go out and spend, you know, millions of dollars on 
uh, a facility when you know you can can pay rent and then just uh, if something doesn't work out, you're not stuck with the asset. So I mean, I think there's that's a yes and no. You know, so many things have changed over the years to say the least and and murphy's bro is not immune to all the change out there but so many people do so many things online which you were kind of referring to as far mm-hmm. as paying bills i think we're going to see a lot of changes in the future yeah I, I that's something that we've really worked on as a city to be able to to catch up on uh, some of the technology to where you know power bills uh, now you know middle tennessee electric but water and sewer bills and those things that um, it's easier not to come in. And that part of that's more that, you know, now the internet access has, has come along and, and has improved that, um, you know, you don't have to come in to get a permit. You can pay for your permits online. You know, there's, you can request inspections online. So there's things that um, we're trying to improve to make sure that the city sort of moves into that, that 21st century. We're going to take a short break. And again, Murfreesboro Mayor Shane McFarland with us. And when we come back, we are going to uh, take some phone calls. Our number is 615-893-1450. Again, 893-1450. This is Peter Demas, and I invite your family to come and join our family back at Demas's Restaurants. One of the things that we have always done is we have been very careful with the way that we sanitize our tables. We have mandatory hand washing stations. Our employees are required to wear masks. We are just overall just being very careful with everything that we are doing and the way we handle food, the way we handle plates to ensure everybody's safety as they return and start enjoying the dining room experience again. Demas's Restaurants on Broad Street in Murfreesboro. Listen to us anywhere. News Radio WGNS is Rutherford County's place to talk. 100.5, 101.9, Online and on your phone at WGNSRadio.com. Here at Music World and Drummer's Den, we do our very best to be very price competitive. On most major items, we're matching internet prices and sometimes even better. So if you're looking for great quality at good prices, this is the place to shop. Come by today and join our Play Today music program. We can get you started playing today and ready to go. This is Dave Kivanemi inviting you to come by Music World and Drummer's Den in Murfreesboro across from Indian Hills. This portion of the show brought to you by Mapco. How do you feel about two for three dollar Lays or Cheetos? What about regular M&Ms for only a dollar? These are just a handful of the sweet deals you'll find right now at Mapco. You'll be surprised how they always have great deals for your everyday cravings. And don't forget to download their My Rewards mobile app to earn points toward items like ice-cold fountain drinks and even fuel. The app is available for both iPhones and Androids. Stop by and save at your local Mapco today. Listen live to WGNS Radio on our website and Alexa or Google devices. Search WGNS Radio for on-demand podcasts in iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Plus, we have direct links to podcasts at WGNSRadio.com. Hey guys, I'm Marcellus from Bubba Gandy Seafood, the freshest seafood in town with a new delivery every single week. Veteran owned and operated by a U.S. Navy shipmate. You could say he knows the ocean well. Bubba Gandy Seafood on Memorial Boulevard across from the sports car. The Action Line on FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and WGNSRadio.com. We're Rutherford County's place to talk. Right now that time, 8.35 in studio with us this morning, Murfreesboro Mayor Shane McFarland. We do have one text. 
It said, I would like to know if the mayor sees the mandatory mask rules making a difference in the whole COVID numbers. He, this person says it looks like they are. Yeah, I mean, our numbers have, have gone down. Um, you know, I, I was in Nashville and then stopped in Smyrna yesterday to to get gas on the way. I try to get gas in Murfreesboro. You know, I just hate supporting Mary Esther and her sales tax. Mary Esther, I'm just kidding. Um but uh, the, the place I was in, every you know, I went in to get a to get a coke, and everyone had their masks on. So, you know, I, I mean, my kids started school back three weeks ago, and they've uh, all been required to wear masks in their their school. So, you know, I, look, Scott, I get, um, you know, I get, no one likes being told what to do, um, and, and that's a that's an issue. But you know, I think at, at this point, you're trying to stop that that. that progression going up and it looks like that the numbers are starting to, to level off so I, I think it's hard to argue that it's not helped um, but we'll we'll see how it goes as we move into the fall here's another text that says this message is for the mayor would it be possible for him to get someone to cut down the weeds and bushes that are in the ditch next to tractor supply on John Rice Boulevard they said it blocks being able to see oncoming traffic I will make a note of that right now so let's see, I'm trying to think. John Rice. Okay, I know. Yeah, that's Over out. there by Sam's and everything. Yep. I can't picture where there's a lot of high it's weeds there. Pr- yeah, it's probably on the right side where the di- or it'd be on the left side where the, the there's a, a ditch network there. So on the side of the interstate, more so. Or well, no, it'd be it'd be there's right in between where you've got, you know, John Jones Real Estate. You've got Tractor Supply. There's that. There's a section of the road that does not have curb and gutter. So it's a ditch system. So if that's not being maintained, you know, by the property owner, it definitely would get into the right of way. So are we going to see more sidewalks being put into place? I mean, you mentioned the curb and gutter out there, but it, you know, sidewalks obviously help to cut down on obstacles in the way that block your view from oncoming traffic if you're turning out of a street. Yeah, I mean, everywhere that a road's bit rebuilt, you know, what you'll see as we go in and rebuild a road, we will. Um, redo the the drainage so that means the drainage now goes underground the storm storm water does um so where it'd be a pipe system then that goes to where we have curb and gutter which allows the sidewalks to take place right now you know a good example is like haynes drive there's no curb and gutter so you can't put sidewalks there without having you know the utilities and all of those things fix so you know those those all come in conjunction when you do those things at one point the federal government was really lending a big hand to cities all over the country and you know if they built a a bike lane in their city on all the different roads they would help fund x amount of the road project is is that still something that's happening yeah i mean a lot of our road projects are although they're not federally funded there's they're funded by the state um we've gone and and had the 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 sort of the pre-thought that if we can take like memorial boulevard you know we added a bike lane but we really didn't acquire any more land to be able to do that we just sort of restriped it and um eddie smotherman who eddie's been you know has been a great council member on thompson lane and jones boulevard some of those we've got multi-use paths that we're able to put on one side of the road as opposed to having you know, uh, multi-use pass on, on both sides of the road. So wherever we can go through and do that, um, Mercury Boulevard is a great example where the state, we, re- we received a, g- a grant from, uh, actually it was, you know, 
three years ago from Governor Haslam to be able to upgrade sidewalks on Mercury Boulevard. Um, so those are things that, you know, you see starting to starting to take place. And here is another text message. It says, what is being built currently right up from Sprouts and across from Walmart on Memorial? Sprouts and across from, oh, that's, you know, I saw that. I think that's a bank on the corner. I think that's um, where the, the elevator shafts and all that are being built. I'm pretty sure that's a bank being built right now. Is it just me, or do we have more banks per capita than any other city? I don't know, man. I drove through Winchester a while back, and I counted on their little strip. I think there was 11 banks in like a mile, you know. So, hey, it's free market, right, Scott? It's true. I, I just, <laughs> man, kind of like a few years back, we would look at all the restaurants and say, I think we have more restaurants here in Murfreesboro than any other place. Yeah, no doubt. But it's it's wild, though. It But it says a lot, I think, about the community because it it just says... People want to come here. They want to grow their business, whatever it is, however big it is. You know, in Murfreesboro, it's a good place to grow. Yeah, I always, there are things that we always can improve on. Um, but you'll hear me say this. As a community, there's, you know, we, we deal with crime issues. We deal with traffic issues. Um, we deal with, with growth issues every day. But, you know, you drive 45 minutes and if you were to drive 45 minutes in any direction of this community, um, there are areas that would love to be dealing with some of the issues that we deal with because, you know, you drive um, southeast to here, you drive, you know, east from here, and, you know, there's areas where there are no jobs. I mean, there's areas where, you know, people have to drive, you know, and, um, I mean, it's a it, it's a big deal. Um, so, I, I mean, I think um, I'm, you know, I'm proud of what we've, continue to be able to do and um you know we'll always find find ways to improve inside the city and we're not going to get it i mean it's this is hard to hear a politician say this um we're not always going to get it right i mean we are going to make mistakes and that's one of the things i you know i've tried as mayor to say you know we own you know when we're right we 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 move on and when we're wrong we admit that we're wrong and find a better way to do things and that's what we're um, as a council all trying to do you know, you're you're so right about how you you drive 45 minutes, you know, east, west, whatever direction you head, and the difference is is huge. You know, when you see the growth in Murfreesboro, when you see the businesses in Murfreesboro, it's so different in other areas. And some people can't stand that because they want their old city that you know that used to be real quiet. They want that, but yet at the same time, if you have that, you don't have the jobs. Yeah, and it, I mean. <laughs> I, you know, I moved here in 1992, and there were 40,000 people here in 1992. So, I mean, I've been here almost 30 years, and, you know, now, say we're closer to 160,000, the majority of people who are in this community, and they're not from here. And um, But I, I, I choose to believe that there's, just because you're not from here doesn't mean you don't love this community. And, um, you know, you look at... At our council, and the majority of our council are from from uh, Murfreesboro. I mean, Councilman Shacklett was born and raised here. Ronnie was born and raised here. Rick was born and raised here. Madeline was born and raised here. Um, so Sean Wright coming on was born and raised here. So, I mean, you, myself and Kurt Wade are the only two that are not from here. But, I, I, you know, routinely when I speak to people and I ask, hey, you know, who's from Rutherford County, it's less than 10% who I speak with that are from here. So... You know, that's something that um, I think we, we always work through to, to remember that we want to keep that uh, thought of how we our community has progressed. We don't, you don't want to forget where you, 
you've come from but at the same time um you know if you do what you've always done you get what you've always got and i think we want to make sure that just because that we say well that's the way we've always done it that doesn't mean that that's the right answer at one point councilman kurt wade was talking about the idea of having an ice hockey arena or an ice skating arena in murfreesboro whatever became of all that well i think you know kurt i think anything kurt um said that you know that's something that we would look at i mean right now funding wise um it would be hard for us to to do anything like that unless we had something like the predators foundation or someone like that that came in and said you know we want to help underwrite a significant majority of that i mean right now um you know we've got to focus on especially with with COVID. it really has refocus to make sure that you know the everyday things that that people expect their services you know trash pickup their brush pickup their roads uh schools uh public safety i mean those things we've we've focused on and, and parks and rec i mean that i mean you know you you, you look at what uh, especially earlier in the year in 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 covid i mean even though we were quarantining we still were telling people look it's okay to go outside and um you know to use our greenway to use our our parks and rec services so you know those are things that all fit into having a a healthy community um and when i say healthy i'm not just talking about body i'm I'm talking about overall um i don't you know um, use all the parks and rec system but i also realize that that's part of having a diverse and um in a good community you know i guess it's a good thing the whole COVID 19 pandemic started when it did because can you imagine if it all happened in winter time i mean you know you have some of the churches now who are meeting outside but they wouldn't have been able to do any of that yeah I, it makes you go through and as a mayor this is probably more in a really in a spiritual way that you know makes you see that things that um you're not in control and you know it's some sometimes you you make the best decisions that you possibly can make but sometimes you just have to have faith and you know i i think as what i've learned in this is there's a lot of things that that the city gets you know criticized for but at the same time there's a lot of things that we just don't have control over i mean whether it be the federal government or the state government they're telling you how you need to handle things and um that's been something that you know not only has been a learning experience because most of us with our type a personalities we see something that needs to be fixed and we want to fix it and in this case there's not that's not always the the case again with us this morning murphy's borough mayor shane mcfarland we have another text here it says when will the thompson lane expansion begin uh, if you go out there right now, they're in um, right-of-way acquisition right now. There's stakes all along Thompson Lane um, where they are. Uh, the appraisal group is going through and and uh, doing appraisals for right-of-way. So it's it started. So what area are they in on Thompson Lane right now? Um, all of it right now has got stakes where they oh. have they've staked through to show here's you know here's where the road's going to go. So I mean specifically um, from memorial all the way back i mean really goes all the way down through um sulfur springs road i mean there's stakes there that show hey this is where the road's going to go and so you know that appraisal group is is contacting property owners to meet with them and talk with them about uh, right-of-way acquisition
Our phone number is 615-893-1450. You can call or text us at that number. So right there on Thompson Lane where there's the big curve, which would be between Leanna Road and then Sulphur Springs Road, is that still going to be... Because the curve right now, I mean, it's almost 90 degrees. It's it's a big curve. Yeah, where so Leanna and Sulphur. Oh no no no. Okay, I'm. Um, There's yeah, the, right there where where floods uh, on one Hooper's side bottom usually. is. Yeah, yeah. So that'll all be widened through there, and that curve will be. Um, I don't know if you'll get it straightened out all the way, but it that's where Kelly Rollins had a wreck a while while back. He was hit uh, head on with a kid who was texting. So it's uh, that whole area will be. Um, significantly change to be able to you know that that's going to go to a, basically a five-lane road um, two two lanes in a, um, a center turn so on each side someone just asked is there a plan for thompson lane i guess a layout of it that we can look at online yeah it's on our major thoroughfare plan uh, murfreesboro.tn.gov and then click on transportation and go to our major thoroughfare plan and you'll see see that one of the other things that has been talked about a lot is the Cherry Lane extension and Cherry Lane connecting with 840. Then we heard talks of a distillery being made or built that mm-hmm. direction, and they were going to put some money into an interchange. Well, what what happened with yeah, all so that? Yeah, so that's a different Cherry Lane. Okay. You, you actually have two Cherry Lanes, um, which you got the Cherry Lane that's on the west side of town that will come over to 24, uh, and that's the Sazerac distillery. and. I think, you know, from what I've heard, they're still obligated to have to build a road, but their project is on hold at this point. Um, and then you have the Cherry Lane that's on the north side of town, and that will go through uh, from Thompson Lane um, all the way to, well, really it would be, um, yeah, it'd be Cherry Lane off of Memorial where the soccer park is, and then that winds around and goes all the way back to 840 where a new interchange will be built there. I mean, I think that's probably a four- to five-year project from now uh, and then the the project on 24 um, with Sazerac you know that's a uh, to be determined that's confusing the two different cherry lanes yeah I don't know why um, I don't know why that's the case I know we've talked about really uh, trying to find a better way to name that um, so it, that'll be interesting to see how that that proceeds forward here's another text any update on the stoplight being built or put in uh, around Aldi's on Memorial Boulevard. Yeah, that's coming. Um, it, it'll be the one there on Kings. I know that um, Kings, and I think it's, I forget what the name of the street is, but it's where Brent Mead subdivision is. So that project is moving forward. My guess is, uh, I don't know the exact timeline, but I do know that they're, um, you know, that's a state road. So there's a process to have to go through on Memorial. Memorial is a state road to, to exactly, you know, get that moving forward. But I do know that, that that's moving forward. Again, our phone number is 615-893-1450. Murfreesboro Mayor Shane McFarland on the air with us this morning. Uh, You know, you you, uh, named off a subdivision pretty easily. I I don't know how you do that because there's so many of them in town now, and there's so many new ones. It's uh, it's crazy how many different neighborhoods we have. You know, um, you... That that's something I think if you ask all of our council members, we do the absolute best we can to stay up with what's going on. Um, And... You know, I think that is the positive about, like, I'm, you know, I serve at large. So my my job is to understand what all is happening citywide, not just what's happening in a specific area. And that's, you know, there's positives and negatives to district representation. But the positive is we're concerned about every area of Murfreesboro and not just our little bubble. Do you think, you know, and now that Murfreesboro Electric has 
sold, merged, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it, with Middle Tennessee Electric. Do you think we're going to see some of these utilities that are currently above ground ever go underground? Yeah, I do. I think whenever you see road construction happen, you see those go go um, go underground. I think that you know a great example is Compton uh, Compton Road, and when you go down Compton off of Thompson. You have power lines on the left side of the road and power lines on the right side of the road, and that's because we have two electric systems. Um, so I think any time that you see roads that – I mean, the bridge over Broad's a great example. Um, one of the reasons it took so long to get that done is because the utility relocation. So everything's underground there now. So I think as you see roads be improved, streetscapes be improved, you're going to see utilities go underground. So with them being underground, does that save electric departments a lot of money? I mean, taxpayers, does it save them money in the well, long run? Y- yes and no. Um, I don't know necessarily that it saves money, but what it does, um, it cleans up, you know, it cleans up your, your streetscape, but also you can think about if the, if the power is underground, that's less things that cars can run into. So, you know, you have less poles that cars run into, you have less... All, less everything for cars to run into so i mean it's it makes for a more reliable system anytime that you can have utilities underground i mean think about this what's the number one thing that causes during uh ice storms that causes power to go out yeah the lines trees. falling down and but, well yeah yeah trees, trees falling trees on ice. ice so you know with with lines underground um you eliminate you know some of that you're not ever going to eliminate all of it because you still have to have those fed by by overhead uh, power but you you do have um, better reliability. Uh, here's another question that says, do you think the city school bus, wait, the city school board, uh, no, I'm sorry, let's first, there's, there's three questions okay. here. Then there's a correction to one of them. Yeah. So let me back up. It says, how do you feel about expanding the city council to more members? I, I don't know who would be responsible for even expanding the city council to more members. Yeah, I mean, we can expand it based on our charter. I think we can go, we have seven members. I think we can go up to nine or 10 members. Um, so, I mean, I think that's something as the city grows, you, you definitely want to, you definitely want to look at, um, you don't want to have an even number. So you always need to expand in twos, um, because, you know, we, we, we don't always have, uh, four to three votes, but we, you know, we have had those and it's, you know, it's not uncommon. So you want to make sure that, you know, you have an even number. So we would have to go from seven to nine, um, and, you know, the, the other part, too, is we we don't get paid very much to serve, but, you know, there is a cost with with doing that. So that'd be something we'd, we'd have to, to look and budget for. I mean, I, I'll say this. my, my I think there's – Scott, this gets into more on the federal government when we talk about representation, and I don't want to get on my soapbox, but, I mean, if you were to ask the majority of people in our community, and I'm, I'm saying Washington – and, and really, I, I could say local government, too. Um, if you were to ask people, I'm asking you this question. So if you were to ask people in our community, would they be for or against term limits? I think I'll, I think it'd be about 50-50. But it, oh, at I, the same time, I also wonder, would more people be in favor of term limits than who would be against them? Oh, I think it would be, If I, I think if you ask the, the average person on the street, I think it would be 90 percent to 10 percent who would say absolutely you know our founding fathers in all of our government did not intend for us to have congressmen congressmen and women or senators who serve 30 you know 30 plus years um 
in Washington or at the state level or even for that matter at the local level. Um, you know, because that's just not what we the government was founded on. I mean, you know, we founded on people going to Washington and then coming back and, and doing, you know, d- doing their jobs. So um, I think representation is on, on term limits that gives more people the ability to be able to get involved and understand their, their government. So I think that's something not just city, county, um, federal, state, that's, that's something, you know, that, that's worthy of discussion. I, I, I would be willing to, to bet that if you were to put a term limit on the ballot, some of, um, I think it would pass overwhelmingly. And I think some of the issues that we have on the federal level right now automatically disappear when you, you know, you have different um, different mindsets and different people who come in and serve, and they're not just there, you know, 30 years. Because, look, I'm, I've been involved in city government eight years as a council member. I'm six years going on mayor. And I continually make sure to do my best to reset that every email I get or every text I get or every phone call I get, especially over the last six months. I mean, I've been called some pretty nasty stuff. Um, I signed up for this, and I think as a as a elected official or a public servant, you have to make sure and say, "I'm checking my ego at the door, and I'm, I'm going to represent." And that's um, you know, the longer you do that, the harder it is to to keep that mindset. You may have to be hospitalized, you know, in the future <laughs> when you're done. I understand. <laughs> Here's another text message. It says. Do you think the city school board made a mistake last night by ignoring the search they paid for? And I don't, I don't know what search they paid for. What was yeah, it? Yeah, I watched that. I didn't sleep last night, so I watched that about 1.30 this morning. Um, you know, the school board's an elected group, and they have to make the decision, so I don't have all the information that um, they have. I, I will say the meeting itself seemed a little chaotic um, watching, watching over the meeting. Um, so I, you know, we try not to do that as a council. I, I think it's my role as, as the chair of the, of the, um, the meeting to make sure that, you know, we, we get the information we need. And I'm not saying they didn't do that last night. I, I was having a hard time. It may have been that it was one forty in the morning that I was watching it. So, um, you know, I think that they have to make the decision they make. They, they're, you know, we just provide as a city, we provide bricks and sticks and, and the funding. Uh, we don't get involved in operational roles. That's what the, the uh, school board does. And we have a good school board. I mean, um, every member who's on that school board, I think, has, has done a, a good job. And they're all dealing with things that right now with COVID that um, we've never dealt with before. So, I mean, I do see a point with what they're talking about, about having consist- consistency and um, so I, you know, I leave that decision to them. So I assume they were talking about, I guess, the search for a new director. For yeah, the they had three candidates that the uh, TSBA, um, you know, recommended, and um, I think the chair, the the interim chair, interim director, did not interview and want to interview. And I, I mean, I understand that. That's that's a hard position for that interim director to be put in. Um, so. I, you know, I, I, same thing happened with us three or four years ago when, you know, we went through the process of um, having candidates at the, at the city council level for the city, uh, the city manager. And once we started looking at the candidates, we were like, well, you know, we've got our candidate right here. So, um, you know, it's hard for me to, 
to comment on what they're you know what they're doing we are already out of time this morning but thank you for joining us this morning all right man thank you murfreesboro mayor shane mcfarland time right now nine o'clock local news comes your way next on wgns this is Jeff Graham with Tire World. I want to invite you to visit our new off-road department at our Memorial Boulevard location, featuring lift kits, leveling kits, light bars, as well as wheel and tire packages. Just come by and ask for Gator for all your off-road needs. That's Tire World on Memorial Boulevard.